Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will. I'm Jim. And if you're looking for ACC sports, you found it. Coming up, the latest top 25 college football oopsies. There are a lot of them. I'll give you a look at ACC Heisman Trophy possibilities and our unabridged thoughts on ACC games. But first, there's much to share when it comes to ACC sports. There's a big game in volleyball coming up right after we finish recording our yammerings on Sunday. So you might have missed it already. The number two and number four teams in the nation in volleyball, the top teams in the ACC, go face-to-face, -face, Pitt versus Louisville. Also in the latest ABCA poll at number 13, it's Georgia Tech. Now, when it comes to cross-country, the USTFCC CA top 30 men's and women's they need to change their names seriously uh, men's and women's rankings uh, men ACC teams number eight Notre Dame number 19 FSU the women it's number two NC State number 10 FSU number 13 UNC number 16 Syracuse number 21 uh, North uh, North Dakota Notre Dame I, I'm thinking of a lot of other things other than the specific things that I should be talking about. Oh, fighting Hawks. There we go. <laughs> hey, and field hockey last week's NFHCA top 25 finds Louisville at number four, Syracuse at number six, UNC at number 10, Boston College number 13, Virginia number 16, week four, 17, and Duke at number 24. Uh, the ACC is not running dominant in field hockey this season, but they, uh, as always, have a lot of teams ranked. Uh, the United Soccer Coaches Top 25 poll for men and women on the men's side, number six, Clemson, number 10, Pitt, number 13, Virginia Tech, number 18, Duke, and number 20, <laughs> North Dakota, Notre Dame. <laughs> It's how I, I shorten everything. I'm just, you know, it automatically takes me there. Hey, on the women's side, it's, it's number one, FSU, number two, Virginia, number six, Duke. Uh, at number seven, it's North Carolina. And at number 15, it's Notre Dame. These, hey, you hey, finally got it right. There you go. Every once in a while, a blind pig finds an acorn. Uh, the CSCAA preseason top 25 men's and women's Swimming and diving team rankings are out, Will. The ACC men, number four, NC State, number seven, Louisville, number nine, UVA, number 12, Virginia Tech, number 15, FSU, number 19, Georgia Tech, number 22, UNC. Now let's go over to the women's side. It's Virginia at number one. And uh, at number three, it's NC State. As always, those two are going to go at it uh, back and forth all season long. I'm really looking forward to that. Number 13, it's Louisville. Number 15, North Carolina. Number 18, Virginia Tech. Number 24, Duke. And at number 25, it's Notre Dame. <laughs> North Dakota. That's right. <laughs> Preseason college basketball. I mean, <laughs> you're just going to keep. You know, it, I, yeah. it's I've, I've lived in Minnesota 22 years and I've ne still never been to North Dakota. Uh, you haven't missed anything. Of course, I mean, uh, there's an awesome brewery just across the border called Drecker that that's uh, very up my alley. Okay. I, I, I've had it before and it's awesome beer, but I actually want to go visit the tap room and it's just right on the border. It's it's uh, it's so boring that even our friend Matthew had to move out and come <laughs> to the East Coast. So, uh, <laughs> he's going. Uh, anyway. I was going to say you must have him on your mind with all the North Dakota references. I, so maybe I don't know. I mean, shout, shouts to Matthew. He's a great guy. That's so. right. Uh, Preseason college basketball top twenty fives for men and women are out from the AP. The ACC men are as follows. Number nine, Duke. Number 19, North Carolina. Number 20, Florida State. And number 25, Virginia. ACC women, number five, NC State. Number six, Louisville. That's uh, really setting up some interesting games uh, this fall. I'm looking forward to that, too. Number 16, Florida State. Number 17, Georgia Tech. Number 24, uh, Virginia Tech. And uh, nowhere in the top 25 is there North Dakota. So... <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I mean, Sorry. to be honest with you, they, they, they have a little bit of, of work to do. I mean, that was a, it was kind of a rough first year mm -hmm. with a new coach, but you know, they're a super talented team and you figure all the COVID stuff is for the most part out of the way, hopefully fingers crossed that, you know, they, they'll be able to turn it around. I mean, yeah. the, you were, I, to some extent, I, I'm a little surprised they're not give, being given the benefit of the doubt, but you know, you know, not a, not a huge issue with the way the polls stand, stand out. I mean, we know it's going to be 
There were a lot of competitive ball games this year once conference play hits. That's right. So, uh, and you know, it's like with anything, you really need to earn your way back. So, um, mm-hmm. prove it, and hey, you'll get the numbers that'll come along with it. Um, speaking of numbers, the ACC Nation preseason men's basketball power poll is out with our ACC predictions. Who are our top five teams? Well, I can tell you this. We definitely don't agree with the AP preseason top 25 rankings of ACC teams. And if you want to find out more, check it out at accnation.net. We have a number one team there that goes against the grain. And I think that people who are really serious about college basketball and who have a, a good idea as to what's going on within the conference are going to seriously look at that and go, you guys are right. Of course we're right. We're always right. What can I tell you? Um, when, except for when we're not. Yeah, except for when we're not. Thank you. But, but I, 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 I happen to obviously agree with us. So. Yeah, well, good. Hey, lots of talk about who deserves to be on the Heisman Trophy candidates list among ACC fans. We've heard a lot from Virginia fans. We've heard even more from Pitt fans. Well, let's take a look, Will, at the ACC players that folks at VegasInsider.com say are or should be in the running. Moving into number four to make Pitt fans happy is Kenny Pickett. Not surprising, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's. You know, when you have a team that's on a roll and, and getting wins and rising and all that. Um, and, and Pickett has shown that, that uh, you know, he's got a little bit of something there. Something, something. Yeah, definitely. Um, at number 10, Sam Hartman of Wake Forest. At number 13 is Sam Howell of North Carolina. That's it. Sorry to disappoint anybody. Uh, the top three names. I, yeah, that's That's kind of ridiculous. I, I know it, uh, but you know what? These are just, these are people <laughs> betting and uh, here, here are the, uh, the top three well, names, because this will, this will give you an idea of what this is really all about. Okay. You ready? <clears throat> yep. Bryce Young of Alabama. Matt Corral of Ole Miss. C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. Okay. See, I can actually get behind it. I would, if I was a voter right now, I would probably vote for Matt Corral. Yeah. Um, I just because I feel like he's he has the numbers to back it up, at least among those top three. Um, you know, Bryce Young, he's been very good. See, both uh, both the other quarterbacks, Bryce Young and. and CJ Stroud have been very good too. I don't want to discredit those guys, but I feel like Matt Corral's done more, except for one game, which you know, yeah. well, that's a that's a tough that's a, that's always a tough assignment, right? Yeah, and and there there is this huge argument going on and, and discussion about how it's you know the only people that really get any kind of votes here are are teams uh, or players on teams that have a lot of, of media attention and who and I think I saw some comment about, well, the, you know, the national media is down on the ACC. Everybody talks down on the ACC, that they're not worth anything, blah, blah, blah. And that's why there's nothing. It's not totally the case, but I mean, you, you can argue that point, but that's not totally the case. Well, it feels like their, their, their acronym ACC is another crappy conference. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and Hey, until you earn it. <laughs> and apparently somebody has, so let's talk about our 25 uh, oopsies. Who plays football on a Wednesday night? That's what I want to know. Other than I was driving by. Fun uh, belt. I, yeah. Golly, Ned. Seriously, people. I was driving by um, my the, the middle school that's close to me. I've got like, I don't know how many schools near me. It's ridiculous. Um, a ton, of course, there's tons of kids that live in my neighborhood. So that's part of the reason. Um, but they're playing, uh, little league football on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So, you know, that that's, I get that, but college football Wednesday night, it's a curse. Um, but here's what happened on Wednesday night. Number 14, coastal Carolina fell to Appalachian state 30 to 27. 
Wow, that was a great game. I mean, no, 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 no doubt about it. On um, Coastal has been they they haven't. I mean, they are under they were undefeated coming in at the end of the game, but they haven't been the metrics are they haven't been quite as good this year compared to last year. And App State's a good team. Let's not oh, discredit yeah. that. App, App State's been a really good team. Remember, they almost beat Miami early in the season. I know they got roughed up here uh, in their last game before this, but. I mean that's a that was that was a very even game and you know congrats to App State that's one of the biggest probably the second biggest win in program history behind 2007 Michigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, never never discount Appalachian State. That is a that is a team. No matter what, in the last couple of years they have certainly been uh, a spoiler and uh, a good team. Coastal Carolina, same thing. It's different. Like you said, Coastal Carolina, not quite as good this year as they have been in the past year or so. You know, these things happen. Um, <clears throat> this guy this guy over here disparaging Wednesday night Sunbelt and, and soon-to-be Tuesday night Maction, y'all. Oh, God. <laughs> Help me, please. Just put me out of my misery. Uh, Put me no. <laughs> out of my misery. Tuesday, Tuesday night. That's that's yeah. Sure, why not? Let's uh, start playing games on uh, Sunday uh, afternoons too. So you know, like NFL. Um, yeah, I can go on and on. Number seven, Penn State goes through nine overtimes. Will before falling to unranked Illinois, twenty to eighteen. Nine. Overtimes, ridiculous. This is Penn State. This is the number seven team in the nation, according to pollster, pollsters. That is. So. Well, congratulations to Virginia for their transitive property win over Penn State. But point taken. I can I just say how much I hate that that new overtime rule. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, say it again. <laughs> it ruined. It ruined it. It ruined the game. I mean, it's I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit Illinois because that was a great game, a great win for them. But nine overtimes of the final, the twenty to eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the idea was of of this new overtime was to like this, you know, stop the seven overtime game. Remember when we saw? Uh, I think I think I think North Carolina Virginia Tech went six overtimes a couple of years ago. But I know there's been some seven overtime games. They go to this new overtime format, and it goes nine overtimes. So how much did that work? And, hey, the quarterback got hurt, too. That's one of the things they were yeah. talking about, that, that it was supposed to eliminate that issue. Yeah, that was <clears> – I mean, congratulations this. to Illinois. That was, that was a big win for Brett Bielema in year one. But, yeah, that – Here's what that, I think they ought to do, Will. I think that – I, th- I think that um, – I think – that they should put all the burden on the kicker's shoulders. Start them out from kicking at the 20-yard line, go back to the 30, go back to the 40, go back to the 50. And if they're still making them at that point, I mean, you know, go go incrementally from the 50, go 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, so that it's it's basically it's all about the kicker. You know, we might as well screw with the psyches of those guys a little more since they're all a little uh, squirrely to begin with, at least according to most people who watch putting Putting football. putting trust in college kickers is never a good idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like it a lot because it, it uh, suddenly, suddenly becomes, oh, maybe we ought to pay a little more attention to uh, this area over here, which we take for granted. That's my thought. Uh, we'll see. I think it would be. I think it would be entertaining. And of course, you know, college fans would have somebody to focus all of their hate on, and send all kinds of nasty tweets and Instagrams and Facebook messages and TikToks and everything else. Right? Yeah, that's right. The mass madness. All right, number twenty-five. Purdue didn't enjoy their ranking very long. They lose to Wisconsin, thirty to thirteen. Number. Eight, Oklahoma, I don't want to talk about that. Number eight, Oklahoma State falls to Iowa State, 24-21. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> Iowa State is, you know, they kind of got, got out of the gates a little slow this season. Uh, um, had that, had a um, nearly lost to Northern Iowa, got blown out by mm-hmm. Iowa. 
Um, but they've kind of rebounded and have had a nice season. That was a big win for them. Um, took knocked Oklahoma State from the ranks of the unbeaten. So. Yeah, love it. Anytime something like that happens, that's the nice thing about college sports. Is just it's just it's so unpredictable. It's fun. Uh, drives drives fans crazy, which turns them into fanatics. Um, number eighteen falls. We'll talk about that in a moment. And I got a couple of close games that were worth talking about. Uh, number two, Cincy, 27, Navy, 20. Shouldn't have been that close. And number mm-hmm. 10, Oregon, just scraping by UCLA of all teams, 34-31. I think US, UCLA was actually um, whooping up on Oregon there for a while. Yeah, they were. And they were up, but Oregon came back and uh, made it a, and UCLA came back, made it a game. I mean, <clears throat> That was, that was going to be a good game and it, on paper, and it definitely, um, help, you know, came to fruition. I, 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 I it was a good game, um, big good <laughs> one for Oregon. They kind of, you know, they're not to the same level that they have been, you know, late, recently, but they're still a really good team, probably the best in the Pac-12. <sighs> okay, um, all right, let's get into ACC. Not sure it's saying much, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into ACC games. Um, <laughs> This is the one where uh, I did the, I think her, her name was Clara uh, from Wendy's way back in the day. It's probably before you were even born. Are you talking about where's, where's the, the beef? beef? That's right. That's, I changed it up and said, where's the deef? Where's the defense? Number 16, Wait. Wake 470, Army 56. And what did you say about this game? What did I say about this you game? You said oh, this yeah. was the first the first oh yeah first win for steve forbes <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, exactly. nice win for steve forbes that was a you know got hot got a hot shooting game that um, was definitely a, a basketball score yeah definitely i thought Insane. yeah now I, yeah my tweet was i thought I, I didn't know basketball season started already yeah <laughs> I, and it was so point on it was like and at that point i really didn't know what the score was because i was i was kind of catching up with it here and there and i saw your tweet and i was going like Oh boy. Okay. So I, I flipped in 70 to 56. Come on. Really? There, <laughs> you know, I, I love Wake Forest. I, I love the, what they're doing there. I love the, I love their football team, but it's like consistently year after year after year, they do not have defense and you know, you can run up the score like this and it's insane but at some point that's going to catch up with you and if you're ranked at number 16 eventually you're going to face off with somebody Uh, you know so yeah what if i what if i were to tell you that here it comes (laughs) the over under in this game was 53 oh my god yeah both teams clear the over themselves uh, <laughs> that's how that's how crazy that game was the over under was 53 and both teams covered it by themselves nobody <laughs> nobody wants to take bets on on anything that wake force does from now on mm-hmm. you know it's just like how do you how do you set odds for something like that <laughs> right I, I have no clue i mean none uh, anyway Congratulations to Wake Forest. No, yeah, and this know. was a game that some people thought they would be on an upset alert yeah. with. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't like it was it was competitive throughout. I mean, yeah. This was a you know, basically the difference in the game was Wake scored seven more points in the first quarter and the third quarter, and <laughs> that that was really a difference. I mean, Sam Hartman, four hundred and fifty eight yards, five touchdowns in this game. They ran for a buck eighty, so they had over six hundred total yards in this game, um, and then Army ran for four hundred and sixteen yards in this game. But that's yes. what Army does, you know, with their with right. their triple option attack. And Army is a good team; they're the best, probably the best of the military schools. Um, you know, maybe it's either them or Air Force, but you know, they they had almost six hundred yards themselves between the the rushing and the passing, but. It was a big win for Wake. I can say they moved to seven and zero. But one thing to keep an eye on, though, is they had a lot of injuries in this game, and it's starting to pile up. And I don't know, really know the severity of them, but that's something to watch as we get into this week. Yeah, 
that's concerning. And and you're right, the Black Knights, um, out of the military schools, they are the best. That that mm-hmm. triple option is is yeah. just a bugger to. If you don't see it uh, much, it's it's hard to stop. Oh. And yeah, and like you said, you know the Ar- army is the probably the best in the military schools. I know Navy's yeah. down, even though they gave Cincinnati a game yesterday. Yeah. But Air, and Force, Air Force is okay. good too. Yeah, uh, all three did okay. And and you know I always like to see that. I like to see the uh, the academies do well because mm-hmm. in in the past, you know you could always count on them having a, a decent game. So. And I like to see that competitiveness coming back. So let's get into a, uh, uh, a competitive disaster. Florida State 59, UMass 3. What was it? What, competitive? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was competitive for like a couple of drives when uh-huh. Florida State fumbled on the opening possession and UMass got a field goal off okay. of it. But then okay. Florida State had scored the final 59 points of the game, <laughs> but there, there isn't really, isn't a whole lot to talk about with this game. Um, Florida state ran for 262 yards in the first half and it was averaging over tw- 10 yards per carry. Um, they ended up um, for the game rushing for 365 yards. So, and then they were then five rushing touchdowns. They didn't really need to do a whole lot in the passing game. They only threw the ball 15 times, but like I said, when you when you're averaging eight yards per carry as a team, you just keep running the ball. That's right. Hand it off, let them run. Hand it off, let them run. Hand it yep. off, let them run. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Um, you but know, the, I, but the thing of it is, is you know, Florida State's rebounded from that rough start. They've won what three in a row now. Yeah. Hey, they're on a roll. So that that's a confidence builder. I mean, they're the you know. And, you know, we talked to our friend Chris, you know, the, 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 these games that they have coming up on their schedule, I think they have Clemson next, if I were right. That game is way more winnable now than it was three weeks ago. Do you think? Yeah. You really do think? It's a lot more. I'm not saying, though, I'm not predicting them to win, but it, it's more winnable now than it was it's, three weeks ago. It's, it's, so just because it's closer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Instead of just winnable. Okay. They can win the game. I'm saying that, but really? I probably won't pick them to win it. Okay. Well, let's see here. They've got Clemson, NC State, Miami, Boston College, Florida. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I still don't know if they'll make a poll, but Miami's definitely winnable. Um, let say the Clemson game is winnable. I don't know. I don't like I said. I don't know if we'll pick them. I think NC State will beat them, but. Um, Boston College is winnable too, just because they kind of hit 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 a skid lately, and I don't think they're beating Florida. So if they finish five and seven, you know what? That's not bad considering where this team started. Better than, <clears throat> better than what? Yeah, better than what it has been, and it is um, it's notable. So, yeah. All right, all right. <clears throat> this was the who um, who gets fired bowl. Syracuse over Virginia Tech, 41 to 36. It was either going to be Dino Babers or it was going to be Justin Fuente and um, could be both still for all the all we know. I mean, considering the way these two programs have run over the last couple of years, this was uh, watching watching the reaction of Virginia Tech fans on social media and then the the uh shouting in the stadium to fire fuente was was cringeworthy uh for that program i mm-hmm. i i feel for the fans in some ways i feel for fuente too i mean you know you don't want people yelling that kind of stuff at a game but i just i just do not see I don't see him as a good match for this team. I think he, I think he needs to depart. <clears throat> That's this not, was a competitive disaster game for, uh, for on the Virginia Tech side. Um, yeah, this was you know pretty competitive throughout though. That's the thing. You know, we you talked mm. about the bat the you know the coaching you know issues, but you know Dino Babers had a pretty uh, rough blunder at the end of the first half, where I think it was with like. 
five seconds left or something. I don't remember the exact timing in the first half. He, they could have had time for another play to set up a, a shorter field goal, but he elected for the field goal then and he, and missed it. So that was a kind of a rough decision. Granted, they came back in the in outscored tech 21 to 10 in the fourth quarter to uh, basically steal one. Um, that was a, it was a big win for Syracuse. You know, Gear Schrader, 236 through the air, 174 on the ground, accounted for five touchdowns. Um, Sean Tucker had 112 on the ground. They ran for 314 yards as a team. And you can question, again, with, with Babers, why it took so long for him to get Schrader into the game, you know, to, to be the starter. Um, it's because obviously it was obviously obvious that um tommy devito was not right for this offense obviously he's since transferred since schrader has kind of taken the reins of this team but syracuse is way more competitive and he probably saved dino baber's job and yeah you mentioned it you know the the fire fuente chance at the end of the game when syracuse hit the long touchdown to give them ultimately the win and yeah, this is we know that we've known this has been brewing for a while um you know there's a lot of dissatisfaction with with the the fan base, you know, this is supposed to be an offense, a pretty off, pretty big offense. I mean, yeah, they ran for 260 yesterday, but Braxton Burmeister threw for 177 yards. Um, not, you know, and you know, and, and when you look at the success Hendon Hooker has had at Tennessee, that's that's the fr- that's what probably frustrates Hokies fans the most. Aside from the defense, just kind of taking a bit of a tailspin over the last couple of years. And, I, I certainly understand their their uh, their issues with with Fuente, and they say he's probably going to be gone at the end of the year, uh, assuming they can afford the buyout. I right. I know it was a lot last year, but I know it goes down. Yep, quite a bit. I would just say this: that um, I used to have a great deal of faith in Whit Babcock. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he if, he was doing a great job when he first was hired. If for any reason that we don't see a changeover at the end of the season or something. I th- I think Whit Babcock also needs to go. That's, that's how much faith I've lost in him. I've just, I, I've just, I'm confounded by what I've seen there. It just, it just seems so, half arsed in some ways that it, it shouldn't be. It doesn't strike me as being a, 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 a program football program doesn't, you know, ah, you know, I, I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can actually say in enough words, how fans feel, how the frustration, the disappointment, the, pulling their hair out, trying to figure out what is going on um, and why aren't things changing? So, yeah. So uh, while you were talking, it gave me an opportunity to look it up and Mm -hmm. Fuente's buyout drops to seven and a half million on December 16th, which is what it does every year. So it'll be seven and a half million on December 16th. So we'll see uh, that would pro- that would be the target date for for whether or not Fuente gets fired because they would still owe him 10, uh, 10 million yeah. up to that point. So if there is a coaching change, it's not going to happen until after the season. And also to keep it, keep in mind too, they Virginia Tech actually has a really good recruiting class for the class of twenty twenty two, and I I think they would want to try to hold on to that as much as possible. And if my memory serves correct, the first signing date is right around there too. Your memory serves you correctly. So <clears throat> this is a uh, let's uh, let's juggle some glass balls and see uh, see which one drops and whether it breaks situation. And we'll see how how just how good Whit Babcock is at juggling glass balls. All right, um, number twenty three Pitt with a twenty seven to seventeen win over Clemson. Clemson. Uh, really gave it as much as they could. I just, I see this team is, it's depleted. And that defense just can't take much any, any more than they already have. 
And uh, Pitt did a, a fairly decent job. Kenny Pickett uh, definitely driving the offense there to um, to deliver when they needed to. And this was a big win for them. Clemson, by the way, was not ranked in the AP, but they were ranked, I believe, 24-25 in the uh, coaches poll still, which just baffles the hell out of me. Um, why? But nonetheless, this was this was sort of a, a ranked versus ranked team. Uh, I won't see Clemson in that uh, poll this coming week. No, um, <clears throat> it really tells you where the state of Clemson's offense is when DJ Uyagalale got benched in the third quarter. Amazing. Uh, after you know, he was twelve of twenty-five, hundred twenty-eight yards, two picks, and they brought in Tyson Fomachon, and he wasn't much better, three of seven, twenty-three yards. But here's the thing. You look at you look at the stats. They ran sixty-two plays, thirty-two runs, thirty passes. Mm-hmm. You know they thirty-two passes, hundred and fifty-one yards, thirty runs, hundred and sixty-four yards. They were averaging five and a half yards a carry. Why didn't they run more? This is this is my big beef with Clemson's offense. Tony Elliott cannot figure it out. He this team is much better at running the football. They can't protect either. Um, they they've. You can't protect the quarterback very well. The receivers are not good. Like they are, they have a lot of drop issues. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're a lot of, yeah, it's not good. And, uh, and they just can't seem to figure out that running the football is their best option right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why their, their season's going down the drain. Now let's let's look over to Pitt. I mean, can you pick another 300 yard passing game, two touchdowns? That's, that's pretty good. That's good against a, a really good Clemson defense. Yeah, that's that's what you need, Jordan. I'm curious to see what, what happened with Jordan Addison. I know he left at the end of the first half with a with concussion like symptoms. I don't know if he came back in that game um, and what his status is going forward. Um, it's going to be going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, I have you know I'm not I'm, I've been saying I'm still not 100 percent sold on Pitt. So I pulled up the stats this morning yes. and here are the pass ranks of the, of the offenses pits faced this year, not counting their FCS game against New Hampshire, 51st, 56th, 71st, 109th, 111th, and 112th. Okay. 51st was Western Michigan who they lost to 56 was Georgia tech who, you know, the, a lot of that was due to la- to the Virginia game last night. 71st is Tennessee who they should have lost to, but, but the, you know, they could figure out who the right quarterback is, but here's who they have yet to play. Second, I think you can figure out who that is. 22nd, 29th and 33rd and 108th who's Syracuse. So they have a, they're going to have to face a lot of tough passing offenses here over the next four, you know, in the next four weeks. So this is going to be the the prove it, the show me, the Missouri, as you like to to uh, use. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> and if the, if this if the secondary can't come through here, um, Pitt's going to go into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, if anything, if if you're listening, if you're watching us, definitely read uh, Will's column about Pitt and where he gets into details about why, uh, because of who they faced, really, I mean, Will didn't come right out and say it, but I mean, the facts talk here. This team is is about to hit the wall. And um, <clears throat> I, don't know, I don't know if this de- the defense is capable of getting them through that. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, through through these games. I mean, they have to play North Carolina. We know Sam Howell can sling it. The only question is, is whether or not they can protect them. They have to play Miami still. We and we'll get into that in a little bit. But Tyler Van Dyke looks like he looks like he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. They play Virginia, and we know what they can do, yeah. and that's going to be hard. And Duke actually has been a pretty good passing team, but I'm. St- I guess my question with them is, you know, some is some of that still kind of inflated from the early season schedules when they were playing the dregs of F, of the FBS. I think so. I'd say so. Uh, okay. 
So we'll see about, you know, what happens with Pitt. And I know, you know, Pitt fans just absolutely hate this, that they're, they're being picked apart and analyzed. Well, this is what happens when you start moving up, when you start showing progress. People are going to look at you closer. And when they start putting you under the microscope, here's what happens. We start seeing the dings. We start seeing the weaknesses. We start seeing the cracks. And we're going to expose that. We're no different than a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator who's looking at tape and saying, here's where we can attack this team and we can win. So don't, you know, don't blow it back on us or anybody else in the media who's saying these things. Look at the team, see what, you know, what the weaknesses are, accept that and see if things can be done to change it. See if the defensive coordinator in this particular instance can change things for Pitt and uh, and up their game because they need to in a big way uh, so that they don't get smoked, as Will is pointing out here. Clemson, uh, Tony Elliott, <clears throat> I based upon some of the things I've 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 read and heard, uh, maybe gone at the end of the season because there, there have been things going on in the offense at Clemson that I, I can't, I can't explain. I, um, now DJ did something the other day that I thought was just, I couldn't believe happened. That shovel pass. Oh man. How, how in the world are you not cognizant of what's going on around you to that degree? That looked like something that would happen at a little league level. So now I don't know if that's on him specifically or if it's on the, the coordinator or if it's on both, whoever, whatever. That was horrible. I mean, I saw the replay, but I would like to see it back and like concentrate on it a little more to, to give you a better answer. But Ooh. I mean, how do you, you let the, because you could see the, 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 the guy who intercepted it just break through. Oh yeah. Walked, so that's on walked the off, that could be on the offensive line, but at the same time, you know, did you know, what do you, you know, what does DJ see there? Right. I would be, I would like to see that. Yeah, I, I almost felt as if the uh, the running back didn't take off in adequate time either. It just seems like everything is out of out of rhythm. There's like the sequences of things going on with that team are just screwy. I uh, got a couple more games to go through, so let's do that. Louisville over Boston College, twenty eight to fourteen. I was surprised a little bit by I think the score. I thought my might have been a little closer. Boston College just seems to be imploding a little bit here. Louisville, um, pr pretty much where I thought they should be and performing as they should be. Yeah, this was a, a turnover fest. Uh, seven total turnovers in this game, four by Louisville, three by Boston College. But um, I think the thing that came out of this game that was interesting to me is Jeff Halfley saying that they're going to, you know, kind of evaluate the quarter, evaluate the quarterback position. I mean, Dennis Grozel, 17 on 32, 141 yards through two picks. Just, I've been saying he was that if, you know, if anything happened to Phil Jakovic, which obviously did, yeah. that this team, this season was going to, going to be, you know, nowhere near what the expectations are. And I think we're seeing that he's just not a very good quarterback and, yeah. Yeah, we, he saw him throw for 500 yards last year against Virginia, but that was one of the worst defenses I have ever seen. But um, yeah, they only had 266 yards of offense here. Um, it, it, what what really stood out to me is just Louisville and the, the, they're running the ball so much. They ran they had 64 plays in this game. They ran the ball 47 times for 331 yards. Um, you know, Malik Cunningham had over 100 yards, 133 yards and three touchdowns. Travion Cooley, a freshman, had 112. So, you know, they're that's nice because they're starting to we're starting to see, you know, they have options at running back um, aside from Cunningham it, if they need it. And I, and you know, the, we saw Louisville kind of you know go a little a little you know rudderless for a little bit. This could be a rebound game for them. I think they they still definitely have a shot at, at a bowl. I think this, 
I can't remember how many wins they have. I think this might, this is either their third or fourth win of the season. So it's, so there's still time to make a bowl. And I think the schedule is sets up nice, nicely enough to, for that to happen. It'll take some heat off Satterfield too. So yeah, definitely. <clears throat> All right, uh, number 18, NC State falling to Miami, 31-30. Um, two stories to talk about here. So I'll, I'll let you analyze both. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about NC State. Um, what happened? <laughs> and then we'll talk about our new quarterback over in Miami because that's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, yeah. Um... The, the the story of this game for NC State was mistakes. I mean, they're not they they didn't turn the ball over, but it was drops or you know just missing missing something like definitely reminded missing missing somebody or whatever. But they had uh they had, they just couldn't they just weren't sharp yesterday. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, Devin Leary threw, threw 300 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't run the ball. Um, they run the ball all right. Um, Ricky Person did, but Bam Knight didn't. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a disappointing running game. But, you know, we talked about it. Tyler Van Dyke, 325 yards passing, four touchdowns. Just looks like a super competent kid bordering on, on braggadocious. But um, he's he came into the, the week saying he didn't think that they could stop him. And. You know, when you throw four through four touchdowns and 300 yards passing, you know, you, 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 uh, you can kind of prove you can walk the walk, but he had not been very good coming into this game. I, I think he was sub 50% for the year. And that was kind of a, it was a big win because I wrote for ACC nation earlier in the week that the possibility exists that both North Carolina and Miami could miss out on bowls. Now, this is just a third win for Miami, but the, if, if they, keep playing like this then yes definitely they can get to a bowl but you know there's it's still not uh, a, a certainty yet it's 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 a one-off at this point so let's not get too excited you fans <clears throat> um yeah i, I it, it, you know i hate to say this but it's sort of like nc state you guys your football program you do this to me year after year you do this to your fans I'm just speaking personally here. Um, It's like I get all hyped up about this team, and I think, you know, Dave Doran's doing something right here. I think, and I was looking at some of the NC State fans I follow on Twitter last night after the game. Obviously, I was concentrating on another game, but too many people going after Doran because for this, and I don't think this was on Doran at all. That was just more on just the players failing to execute, you know, at critical points in the game. And you could argue whether or not that's on coaching that, I mean, sometimes it's not the coach's fault that, you know, a player might drop a pass or, you know, do, you know, make, make some sort of mistake that that's, it's part of football. Nobody's perfect. Really? <laughs> as much as, you know, much as some people like to think <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Uh, it, it was an entertaining game. 31-30 final Miami with a big win over number 18 NC State. Um, <clears throat> let's just make a note here that uh, this is prior to any of the polls coming out. Yeah. NC State should not fall more than, you know, maybe to 22, 23. What were they again? Top 18. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll st- they should still be a top 25 team, but like yeah. you said, in those final few spots. Yeah. 22-23. If they, you know, there's no excuse for any anybody taking NC State out of the top 25 at all. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. UVA over Georgia Tech. Here was a um, kind of a shootout. Um, exciting game to watch. UVA 48, Georgia Tech 40. Boy, there's no reason this game should have been that close. I mean, Virginia <laughs> had <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> What were they? They were up forty-eight. Uh, I forget the score right off the top, right off the bat. But they, there is no way it should have been this close. It was, yeah, it was forty-eight twenty-seven with three fifty left. But yep. then, um, got the Georgia Tech got back-to-back onside kicks and was throwing into the end zone to potentially tie the game. That's that's how crazy it was. But 
you know, Virginia gets their sixth win of the season. They are now bowl eligible at six and two. Um, I'm going to get to them in just a minute. But one of the issues I had with with Georgia Tech during the game is they ran. They should have run the ball more. I mean, Jameer, you have Jameer Gibbs who had 13 carries. He's one of the three best running backs in the league and you give him 13 carries. He busted off a 71-yard touchdown run. You know, they this is this is the things they don't get. They yeah, they passed way too much in this game and it wasn't even just because of the garbage time stuff. There were drives where okay, Virginia's doing, you know, decent against the pass. But they're but you, they should have Georgia Tech should have ran the football more. That that's kind of on the offensive staff and Jeff Collins to some extent. They they should have ran the ball more. And I think that kind of cost them in this situation. Um, you know, Jeff Sims threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. That was, you know, decent. He, he, we saw a lot more good Jeff Sims than bad Jeff Sims. We know he's, there's, there's the two sides to Jeff Sims, but he did have a couple of, uh, of uh, bad throws in this game. They, they both led to interceptions, but only one counted because of a very questionable roughing the passer uh, penalty. But, um, we, we need to talk about Brennan Armstrong and the Heisman Trophy uh, conversation now. I don't get how the, how he um, is not at least, you know, higher odds. Three, 396 through the air, four touchdowns. That's down from what he, what he has been doing. But he ran for 99 yards and two touchdowns in this game, showing that he is getting a lot closer to healthy, healthier, you know, from, from that knee injury in the Illinois game. You know, almost 500 total yards and six touchdowns, and he and he's you know consistently throwing for you know high numbers every week. And Virginia six and two, and I I don't think they're going to be ranked if they this week they're going to get votes. But if they beat BYU on the road next week, then yeah, we can start talking ranking. But yeah. Brennan Armstrong needs to be in the Heisman race. And let me just uh, point out, um, I, I I I said this on. Uh, that I thought Dontavian Wicks was going to have a huge game. Six catches, 168 yards, two touchdowns, including a 77-yard touchdown where it was pretty much all after the catch. Um, he was he's awesome. You know, Keaton Thompson. You know, he's just an amazing player. Just with catching the ball, running the ball, he's 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 such an integral part of this offense. I just love watching him run. Um, like I say, big win for Virginia, six and two, but the rest of their schedule is tough. They, uh, like I said, they travel to BYU next week. That's going to be a 10, 15 kickoff Eastern time. So good luck staying up for that one. Get your coffee or energy drinks handy. Um, they got to take on Notre Dame at home, but that, that game is like, say it's winnable. Notre Dame has a tendency to play to their level of competition, but that they can win that at Pitt. I mentioned the fact that they, they haven't faced the top 50 pass defense yet. And in te- Virginia Tech, that's always a rivalry game, and we know Virginia's history against Tech. So that's going to be a tough one. Interesting schedule to wrap up the season for sure. Um, yeah, UVA and uh, Georgia Tech. Um, and it's always, it's always, you know, the last time you and I were at a football game together was UVA-Georgia Tech mm-hmm. at Scott. And – I, I think Georgia Tech was um, was picked to win that game as well, mm-hmm. and um, of course I don't think they were picked this time to win. I think UVA was no picked. Virginia was was favored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's uh, as uh, our friend Jerry Radcliffe says <laughs> in a tweet: "The house of horrors for the Yellow Jackets." <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think they've won twice at Sky Stadium in the last thirty years or yeah. so. Yeah, there's something about that place. It just yeah. doesn't work for Georgia Tech. Um, I, 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 uh, there was an observation made by by uh, somebody who was, I can't remember. I guess it was somebody who was doing the game, uh, one of the play-by-play guys or, or color. I don't know which one it was, but I, I really I couldn't follow the game closely because I was I was watching a bunch of other stuff, and. They made some conversation. Well, it just so happened that my wife, who's a UVA grad, sitting beside me, and and it was like this reaction, you know. It was like, uh, going, "What's going on?" And it was, you know, and it was the the comment about uh, um, something about intellect, and I'm going, "Oh my God, you, don't tell me that this person made a comment about uh, 
about the intelligence of of uh, players when you have two t- uh, two schools on the field <laughs> uh, like UVA and Georgia Tech where there's nothing but brilliant minds walking around <laughs> campus and right. I'm going like what anyway yeah they're two of the highest academic standard schools in the in the league if not the country so yeah, yeah. it's like what i said well you might might want to uh check out your reference books a little closer next time next game number 13 notre dame over usc not a surprise here uh i talked with Xavion, who is a big usc fan and uh he was saying you know don't don't expect anything here this is this will be a Notre Dame win. I think he picked USC just out of being Homerville, you know, because he's a USC fan, right? So right. I get that. Um, and but this was no surprise. Notre Dame rolling to a thirty-one to sixteen win over their Pac-12 uh, rival, um, University of Southern California. I know, I, I know, uh, Zavion probably just watches USC football just to see how, you know, what Drake London can do on a w- weekly basis because that guy's going pro. He, he's, yeah. he's NFL ready right now. Um, he's, he's probably the best wide receiver in the country. It just, it, it feels, but obviously USC is not that good and he doesn't get quite the respect he deserves for, for it, but he's just so good. But the thing, um, you know, it's, it's, it, the thing with USC is, and, and they've kind of fallen victim to with a lot of other teams this year. They had these quarterbacks that were supposed, that were you know projected to go high in the 2022 draft mm-hmm. that just haven't met expectations. Keaton Slovis was like that. He has faltered. Um, the guy Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, and he's benched for for uh, Caleb Williams, and Sam Howell hasn't quite lived up to the to those first round standards and I don't, I would say not, not, it's not all his fault. It's more, more a lot to do with the line and just having a hard time replacing the amount of talent that went to the pros for the season. But yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, but um, you know, they, Notre Dame relied on Jack Cohn a lot in this game, more so than Tyler Buckner, um, an efficient 189 yards and a touchdown, nothing too much there. They finally got the running game going. Kyron Williams had 138 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You know, just that's that's kind of what they need to do. I and mean, they've had a hard time getting springing him free. He just has not had a very good season. But he needed a, a game like that. And you know, he also had 42 yards receiving. So you know, big win for Notre Dame. You know, like I said, they're they're like top 15, but they don't feel like a top 10 team just because. No. They just they don't play they don't necessarily play like one but they just do enough to win ball games. Thanks for joining us on ACC Nation. Follow us by subscribing on your favorite podcast or streaming radio platform and on YouTube. We'd appreciate a five star rating while you're there. Visit our homepage at accnation.net and support us via PayPal. Keep up with the latest by following us on Google News. You can find ACC Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, and Pinterest. Follow Will at Will's World MN, and I'm at ACC The Q. Cheers. Score.